2: Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast.
0: Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in.
2: Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right
0: thing since 1952. Woo, baseball!
3: And now the pitch by Martinez is option N in and hits. Gerald Williams on the left hand dig your cleats in now he's going to charge the mound. he's going to charge Martinez and the fight is on he got a right hand in before he's grabbed from behind by Baritek. and now the benches are empty. it's time for hour two of the hot corner with Patrick Harris Yershinski wanting to know am I going he is going and Mike Lynch it is a collision at the plate Step up to the plate for hour two of the hot corner. Cossetta getting into it with Barrett. I mean, there is some hooking going on in the bottom of two piles. On 1080. Uh, good, a, nope. Whoa. Bautista got all he could handle with that. Wow. That's some pretty solid contact right there. The Fan.
0: Welcome to the second hour of the Hot Corner. We do this bad boy every single Wednesday night. If you missed any of the first hour, check out the Les Schwab Tires podcast at 1080thefan.com so you can catch up on that. You can also catch this hour as well. Uh, Beers on Us podcast will drop tomorrow too. You can find that on 1080thefan.com as well. Also iTunes podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, radio.com. Uh, bottom of the 8 o'clock hour, we'll do fair or foul as we always do. But first, a major milestone was hit in Major League Baseball. And it, it went unnoticed. Really unnoticed, and it was quite surprising. I actually heard uh, in Statter story today on Dirt and Sprague it was mentioned, but I was very surprised. I got a little blurb on my phone when it happened, and then I was kind of scrolling through sports this morning just to try to get a recap of what happened last night, what was going to happen today, and I saw no mention of it. It wasn't until I was prepping for the show, trying to look and see what we were going to talk about, and then it popped and was like, oh, wait, this is a big deal. Karsten Charles Sabathia, 3,000 strikeouts on his career.
2: The only reason I I even knew about it was because I was listening to the game in my car. Because yesterday's game was a 6.30 game, which is a terrible time to start a game, just like 6 o'clock. For those Blazer games. this Blazer game didn't and,
0: start till like six fifteen, but I know what still you mean.
2: a terrible time to start a game. Um, I was listening in the beginning of the game in my car because I was driving home from primetime yesterday, and John Sterling kept talking about the great were, John Sterling. We're three away, and I was like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, CC starting. Oh, that's right. He's close to three thousand strikeouts." And I actually got to listen to it on the way home, which was kind of cool. It was awkward though because it was at the end of the inning, and he goes. We'd love to stay and and describe it for you, but we have to play our commercials. And they went to commercial, and I was like, dang it. And then they came back and described it, yeah.
0: That is absolute garbage. Yeah, it was. But I can't remember. who's the last person we saw with 3,000 strikeouts?
2: Last person with 3,000, was it Kurt Schilling? Oh, maybe it was, uh, was it Randy Johnson?
0: I don't know. I don't I'm like, know. I'm don't, like
2: Mad Scramble right now. I don't know what year it I'm, I'm looking at the list. I just don't see what years it happened in. So uh, maybe it was Schilling. Maybe it was Randy Johnson. But yeah, we haven't seen a lot. John Smoltz is on there, but he retired earlier. Pedro Martinez is on there. Yeah. Mike
0: Mussina is on there.
2: It, it might
0: be. Justin Verlander. Well, he's not there yet, though.
2: He's on this list. He's got
0: 2,759.
2: Oh. oh, I see. I see. I see. Um, I don't know. It might it might be Randy Johnson. Yeah, it might be Randy. Because Randy had I mean, almost five thousand. So. Right, right, right. And so when did that happen? I don't ten know. Ten years ago. I don't know the it was might have been well, longer. I'm that. not
0: asking the specific year, but I'm I'm I mean it more exploratory. Like that probably happened like ten years ago. Yeah. If not more. It's been a while. Especially if he's got four thousand eight hundred and seventy five. Right. Which is still almost a thousand still almost a thousand less than Nolan Ryan. Right. <laughs> uh uh what a sneaky sneaky little stat for CC to cut in on
2: well it kind of it kind of led me to this thought of I think people around the Yankees say sure fire Hall of Famer right mm-hmm. and if I try to take my fandom out of it and I think about it and my my process for this has always been when I've watched the pitcher do I think or the the player do I think they're a Hall of Famer and Cece to me is more on the border from watching him play, but it's also very easy to forget because he's been with the Yankees now for ten years, that he also played for the Indians, and he also was a that short massive state in the Brewers. Well, I was going to say a massive trade deadline acquisition for Milwaukee. He single-handedly got them to the playoffs that year that he was traded there. Um, and watch, I watched a highlight package of him the other day. He was amazing. He was absolutely unbelievable and i think people forget because he hasn't been that good for a while he's had to change into the slow pitcher who paints the corners and does all those things right right he's no longer the dominant fast fastball super sharp slider guy he's painting corners he's throwing high 80s but throwing it high in the zone to try to add the deception of the speed and he's got Good off-speed stuff. The slider's still there. He just has to has to place it better. He can't rely on the it looking like a fastball anymore. And I think people with the recency bias go, "Yeah, he's good, but is he a Hall of Famer?" And then you realize, yes, he's a Hall of Famer. He's close to 300 wins. He's not going to get there because he's retiring this year. But he's, right. he's closer than almost anybody left. But nobody's getting to 300 wins. He's anymore. got 3,000 strikeouts. He has a World Series ring.
0: And a Cy Young And a Cy Young award. Should have won that Cy Young in Milwaukee, but they only counted his Milwaukee stats cuz he was in the National League for only half the season. Right.
2: So, I I think he's a Hall of Famer. I even saw I forget who it was. I saw someone say he's, it might even be a first ballot Hall of Famer, which I might hesitate to say that. I would hesitate on that. That was a national writer, not even a Yankee person, but um but yeah, I think I think he's a Hall of Famer. And I think people who are hesitant about it just try to go find like a good highlight package and remind yourself how good cc was. Yeah, without a doubt.
0: Sorry, I'm just trying to check something really quick. Um, okay, cool. Um, I was looking at this and here are all the people in the 3000 strikeout club. There are only two people, three if you count cc that are not hall of famers. Their names are Roger Clemens, and kurt schilling which i think you and i would both agree as much as i despise roger clemens and if i take my steroid stance out they're both hall of famers and they're not in because they're jerks yep or cheated the game or a jerk in Schilling's case Mm -hmm. here's your guys nolan ryan randy johnson steve carlton burt blylevin tom Seaver, don sutton gaylord perry walter johnson greg maddox phil negro Ergie Jenkins, Pedro Martinez, Bob Gibson, John Smoltz. And then the guys after them, there's Musina, who is 2,000 away. Cy Young, 200 who's away. 200 away. Sorry, Cy Young, who's 200 away. Uh, Verlander, who is 250 Verlander will get away. Verlander, He'll get and, there. And David Cohn, who's 300 away. Yeah.
2: Tom Glavin, 400 away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the best. Cy pitchers. Young,
0: World Series, was great on every team he played for. I think he's fantastic. It's the, they're all the best pitchers in the game, right? Carson Charles Sabathia. The uh, third, I believe.
2: The only one on that list that I don't know is uh, Fergie Jenkins, but that's probably because he's old, right? Went
0: in the Hall of Fame in 91.
2: Oh, did he? Yes, sir. I don't know who that is. Yes,
0: sir. Hmm. Look him up. I'm looking him up right now.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, I have no clue who he is.
0: Ferguson Jenkins.
2: Uh, But, yeah, so... Canadian. That is a list of all the best pitchers in baseball right there, right? Canada. Huh? I mean, there's some guys missing, but... Uh, that That is a marker of greatness, and it is also a marker of longevity, which right. I think in some cases people view as a bad thing, like, oh, you're a stat stuffer. But I don't, I don't see Bartolo Colon on this list. When you're a starting pitcher, longevity is amazing. Yeah. If you're still effective all the way into your 40s or close to your 40s, and I think that's an even better thing too. So, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. And well, Verla- Verlander's next. Verlander is getting there.
0: Verlander is getting there. But is there any doubt that Verlander's a Hall of Famer? No. No 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 no. So what's different from Verlander to CC? Um Verlander just got a World Series.
2: I think it's just the perceived dominance. I think we we kind of forget the bad Verlander years because there were a couple in the middle and we remember how unhittable he was. For some reason, I think most people forget how unhittable CC was. For a lot of his career, I would agree. There's a reason the Yankees signed him for a gargantuan contract in 2009. Oh, and, and then he pitched game one in that World
0: Series. And there's a reason the Indians dealt him because they couldn't afford to pay that gargantuan contract. Right. And he took
2: the Brewers to the
0: playoffs. Right.
2: So, but I, I was just looking because people say 3,000 might not be achieved by a lot of people. I think that's not necessarily true because Verlander's only 250 away, which he'll get. I know he's getting older, but he'll get 250. Scherzer's 500 away. He's already 34, by the way, but I think he'll get it, too. He, he's, 500 strikeouts? He could he, do that in four years. Right. Uh, King Felix? Eh, he's not going to get there. Bye-bye. He's 500 away. Granke is 500 away. Granke is 35. I, I'm hesitant to say he could get there, but maybe he can. You never know. He could. He takes pretty
0: good care of himself.
2: And then Cole Hamels and Clayton Kershaw are next on the list. And then you're getting John Lester's 2,200. Bye. He's not going to get it. Um and then, yeah, then you, then there's a huge gap until urban Santana who will not get it.
0: So <laughs> I, w- I want to keep, I, I kind of like this idea of thinking like of these great records, you know, for funsies, mm-hmm. cause I'm you know, me, I'm, I love the historical side of baseball and hopefully I, I should probably start accumulating some more stories and we can bring back story time or do story time every once in a while. So I love these conversations about historical things and who could future be, who could be part of the future history of baseball. And I want to get to that Next. So let's do that. We'll do that next. Uh, This is the Hot Corner on Portland Sports Leader. Don't you forget it. 1080 The Fan.
3: This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan.
0: It's 8 16 here on The Fan. The Blazers still leading, but it's getting a little tight as it is the fourth quarter of an NBA game, uh, let alone playoffs. Uh, so we'll keep you updated on that. 88 81 with just five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Blazers with the ball. We're talking some little fun here on career records and see where we're, see any chances we have of some really fun stuff happening. Where do you want to start, Mike? You want low hanging fruit or some of the deep dives? Uh, wherever you want to start. Um, what are you more interested in? I am real I'm actually interested in asking you this question. Uh Albert Pujols uh just set the RBI record. Or not RBI record, but he just passed uh uh Barry Bonds for most RBIs. He is now fifth. So I was thinking about Oh, yeah. What was the number on that? I remember seeing that. That didn't get a lot of buzz either. Uh, let me either. see. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, he's uh 1997. Bonds was 96. So he's almost at 2,000, then. Yeah, Cap Anson is 2075, A-Rod 2086. He's not catching Ruth okay. or Hank at 2,200-plus. Dude, Hank Aaron has almost 2,300 RBIs. Oof. Um, But I was thinking about Albert Pools. He's got 637 home runs. That puts him 23 away from the say-hey kid. Okay. Can he do it.
2: Hmm. How old is Albert Pujols now?
0: I have no idea. Okay, how old? I don't old, think he knows how old. How old, old he is. does it say he is? Uh, 37, 38. Open, open link and new tab. Uh, it says he is 39 and 105 days. Okay, so he's 43. <laughs> um,
2: God. I don't know if he can do that, man. 23? I know, but. He could, have,
0: he could have 15 this year.
2: Yeah, but I just, he's so old now. And how many does he have already this year?
0: Oh, I have no idea. He's trash. <sighs> I mean, but he could have 15. He's not, not trash.
2: I'm going to look it up now. But, I mean, it's, it's certainly possible. But I, you said low-hanging fruit. I wonder if we just look at that and go, well, duh, he'll hit that. But how many years does he have left? I mean, how many years does he want to play? I think he's got one more year on the contract, but if he's looking at passing Willie Mays, he's got four home runs so far. So I mean, if he hits four a month, yeah, he'll get you know sixteen this year, and then if
0: I'm Albert Pujols, I'm you know you only only playing, fine, fine,
2: <laughs> fine. Unless he retires this year, he is going to pass Hank Aaron, Willie Mays. He he might get hurt. Yeah, sorry, Willie Mays. Uh, he might get Hank, he might get hurt again. I know Hank. I know, have to I, hit know. 120. I know.
0: I know. One hundred and twenty. I know. I know. I just said the wrong name. It's okay. Um, Yeah, he'll do it. He'll do it. Yeah, look at that. So that'd be a cool milestone. That'd put him fifth all-time. And by my accounting, second all-time. Third all-time, sorry. Okay.
2: You're still on the steroid thing, huh? Yeah, man. I hate those dudes. They ruined my childhood.
0: They they made your childhood fun, too. No, they made my childhood fun and ruined my teens. (laughs) That's what I meant to say. Okay. Uh, Most hits. If we move over to most hits... Uh, We ain't seen anything fun here. Um, Albert Pujols needs eight hits to pass Dave Winfield. Hey, Dave. 22nd. And he needs like 13 to pass A-Rod. But, I mean, yeah, he ain't going anywhere on this. I mean, he need like 200 hits to make a statement.
2: Well, last year he got 114
0: hits. And there, and I don't. I'm, I'm so if he thinking, plays
2: for two more years, maybe he can make two hundred more. only
0: hits. so our Pujols is twenty three all time, in hits. The closest to him is at sixty eight, and that would be the pretty much done. Miggy Cabrera, right. After that, yeah, I'm still scrolling, still scrolling,
2: waiting for that bolded damn on Baseball Reference.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Just want to make sure I don't miss anybody. After that would be Robbie Cano at one hundred one. And then the surprise of the segment would be at one sixty three, two thousand two hundred seventy one hits. Your Nick Marcakis.
2: Nick Mar I think he's. I think he's playing well again this year. He is. How sneaky is that, dude? That is very he's sneaky. Two thousand two hundred seventy one hits. Did Joe's sports pants just get tight?
1: No, maybe Joe, no, no, maybe a little bit, a little, bit, oh, little the, bit. none of this surprises me. Nick Markakis has been solid for at least a decade now, so I mean, no surprises on this end of the glass. But did you love Nick Markakis, right? Well, no, because he's not in Orioles jersey doing the, these things anymore. But so you can still love him for
0: being a great Oriole. No, thirty-five. Like, do you see this team?
1: I want any good player that we can get right now. Now that he's not an Oriole, I hate him.
0: He's thirty-five and a hundred. That's pretty. That's pretty
1: cold-blooded for a former great Baltimore Oriole, Joe. Well, when things weren't this bad, it was fine. It was like, oh, that's good. The Orioles are doing good. Nick Mark. Everything is fine. But now that you know Manny Machado's gone, everybody's gone, and I have to watch Chris Davis striking out five times a game. Hey, I, I saw that he was hitting over three hundred since he broke the streak. I think I
2: said that last week. No, so I know, but I think the, the numbers are still continuing.
1: He had a dinger the other day. So, but like
0: I said, it's just depressing. All right. Will it make you feel any better if I told you at 363 with 1,845 is Adam Jones? No. I, again, makes me feel worse. Definitely not because Hanley Ramirez hey, that's and Mr. Ryan Oral Braun right are right there. behind him. Hanley Ramirez. Ugh. Optioned. Bye bye. I hate Hanley Ramirez. Everybody hates Hanley Ramirez. <laughs> like, Hanley Ramirez doesn't even like Hanley. But Hanley
2: Ramirez, Ramirez was Manny Ramirez Jr., and you loved Manny. I love Manny.
0: You know why I don't like Hanley? Because he's not Manny.
2: Mm, he tried really hard. Manny for life, dude. Got so far, and in the end it didn't matter.
0: Yeah. Uh, you took me there, so I'm gonna tell you this story. I was walking outside <laughs> I was walking outside of Bridgetown the other day. I think it was watching uh I had to have been watching soccer, something like that. And there's these kids that work at Fresh Pot, the coffee shop right next door. And they were sitting on one of the patio tables uh, drinking. One was drinking coffee. One was drinking water. They were clearly on a break, smoking cigarettes, listening to songs on their phone. And I overheard this conversation. And they were talking so much. They were listening to a song on, on a phone, which is super annoying in public. Like, it doesn't sound good on a phone. Just stop. But they were talking about Linkin Park. And they were talking about how bad their lyrics are. And they were making references. They were like, "This lyric sucks because of this." Like it's, it sounds like, it sounds like a poor translation of really great Japanese anime. And I was so blown off, blown away by that because I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, what is that? But mean? anyway, they were just ragging, ragging, ragging. And then anyway, it gets to this flow part of this Lincoln Park song. I found out they were. I realized they were listening to a Lincoln Park song, and both of them, perfect, spit the flow perfectly (laughs) and i was just like what is wrong with you kids you just talked mad trash about lincoln park and you know it word for word timing impeccable i mean it was like the dude was singing it
2: maybe uh rest in peace by the way maybe uh, maybe because they're that big of fans they can say hey we can say that we're huge fans i guess so but i guess if you were that huge fans wouldn't the lyrics be important to you
0: right right i mean that's why you like watch watch Or, sorry, listen.
2: (laughs) I mean, I guess you could be watching the concert, yes. Jeez, jeez, jeez. Moving on. Can we do wins? Because I want to look at the 300 win mark. Sure. As one that is never going to be reached again. Never. uh, Or at least not for a very long time. So CeCe's got 247. That's the closest. He's not going to get it.
0: Not going to get it. Scrolling. As as we talk about this real quick, I just want to find him. Where he is? Where is he? Where is he? Jamie Moyer, 269. Bro, hang on. You'd be in the hall. Justin Verlander is 208. He's
2: not going to do nope. it. Zach Greinke is 192. He's not going to do nope. it. Nope. John Lester is 178. He's not going to do it. Nope. King Felix. Felix 169.
0: Yep. Scherzer might 160. might not get another win, period.
2: Scherzer 160. Hamels 159. Nope, nope. Remember, Scherzer's 34, guys. I know he he seems so younger, wild. but he started being good later in his career. Kershaw 154. Not going to happen. Wainwright, right No. There's Irvin Santana again. Yep. No, David Price, no. So you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Porcello
0: with a strong 137.
2: And you're just looking for the young guy who's gotten a ton already. And I think it's tough because the game has changed to the point where wins, I mean, we've talked about it, wins don't really matter anymore.
0: How many wins did Jacob DeGrom have last year? 11? <laughs> or less, yeah.
2: Um, Bumgarner's only 29. He has 111. But it's probably not going to happen for him either, yeah, right? He looks done. Jay Happ is 36. I mean, you're scrolling forever. I can't find a young guy yet. The youngest was Bumgarner, 29. Scrolling, scrolling.
0: scrolling. Jason Hamill. Klubs is 33 with 98. 98 career wins for, for Corey Kluber. Wow. One of the best pitchers we've seen in the last 10 years. But the earlier in his career, he wasn't very good, right? Right, right. But he's had five straight seasons of very, very... Very good pitching.
2: Um, still scrolling. I'm finding nothing no young guy. Strasburg is 30.
0: He's 30.
2: Right. Jeez, dude. Mike, what happened to us? Uh, we got older. How? <laughs> um, Garrett Cole, he's 28. He's got but he's got 76 wins. Yeah, dude. Like, no one's ever going to do this. I don't think anyone's ever going to do No one's gonna ever going to do this. Did you know that Jeremy Hellickson is 32 years old? Whoa, I did not know that. I just beat him in MLB of the show today, though, so mic drop.
0: <laughs> yeah, Mike, keep, keep dropping those mics, dude. Mark
2: Reynolds is a DH for my Colorado Rockies in Tampa, hit a solo home run off of a hanging curveball. It was awesome.
0: Uh, I deleted that uh, tab because I was tired of looking at it.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> I was just like, holy God. Do we do RBIs yet? No. Albert Pujols needs almost 200 RBIs to uh, get to Babe Ruth's level.
2: So he won't do that. Well, he's five.
0: Right, but he won't get 200 more RBIs. He can pass A-Rod with 100. Under 100. It'd be third all-time. Hmm. He might be able to do that. Dude, Cap Anson keeps showing up on these jiggers, and that's awesome. Love to Cap at Some massive love to Cap Anson. Jeez, I can't even speak. Wow. (laughs) You were so ready to say it correctly. I know. I know. I blame the drugs. (laughs) I'm on the allergy drugs. You want to talk a little Cap Anson for a hot minute? Here we go. His career war is 94.3. He's a career batting average of 334. He has 2,075 RBIs. He only has ninety-seven home runs, but that's okay. They didn't—they didn't go for home runs back then. He was a first baseman, third baseman, and catcher. When do you think Cap Anson played? He's from Marshalltown, Iowa. Nineteen oh five. I'm going eighteen eighty nine. You are both incorrect by many decades. Oh, damn oh it. no, it's even earlier than that. This man, <laughs> this man played. He was born in eighteen. 18- 52, okay? This country has, like, had four wars in between his life. That's That's not true. He died in 22.
1: Uh, By the way, just- 1922?
0: Yeah. Before we break,
2: on the 300 win list, there's a bunch of guys who are super old and have crazy great old names, uh, like Pud Galvin. Yes. Kid Nichols. Kid Nichols? You've got Old Hoss Radburn- Who's a oh, Twitter yeah, account got, now?
1: Gotta love old Haas Radburn. Yeah. He's I a mean, real player. He has
2: a Twitter account who, now, too.
1: Who remembers that uh, 1903 World Series? Right? I mean, <laughs> Didn't the Cubs win that? Any, anybody win that? I remember that. No, 1906, my bad.
2: Um, Lefty Grove. Lefty Grove. Early, great Lefty Grove. Early Win. Early Win. And Mickey Welch. There you go. There's some great old baseball names.
0: Yeah, yeah. In the top uh, top wins list there. That's super rad. All right, when we come back, we got fair or foul coming. It's 94-88. Blazers over the Nuggets with 53 seconds to go. Blazers with the ball. We'll check in next. But first, there's Joe with sports.
3: Is it fair? Oh, my goodness. That's a fair ball. Or... Is it foul? Well, he thought it was foul, I think. A knowledge test for Patrick and Mike to see how well they know the big leagues. Mathematics and strange symbols now as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. The OBP and the SLG and the ISO and the you name it. And what our distinguished hosts think about the stories that popped up around the big leagues. Peralta knocks it into center.
2: David tonight, two for two, a lead off single here in the fourth. And nobody
3: noticed. This is fair or foul on the hot corner on 1080 The Fan.
0: Blazers with a five-point lead. Uh, 25 seconds to go. Looks like they might have it, but Denver's got the ball, so we'll see how that goes. But this is my favorite segment of the night, so this is fair or foul. We turn it over to our fantastic producer, Mr. Joe Fisher the third, joined by Joe Fisher the Uh,
1: Favorite segment of the night because you don't really have to do anything?
0: Absolutely correct.
1: No, because you're great at it, Joe. Oh, thank you, giving me some props over here for we'll my my brainchild. Um, all right, what were we talking about earlier? Oh, yeah, um, we got Cody Bellinger on tap for this one. Um, but I do want to start with Bryce Harper, because he obviously signed a very big contract. Oh, uh, Bryce. He's oh, one of the spaghetti. big names in baseball, and the Boobirds came out in Philadelphia. Uh, The other night because he Well quite frankly hasn't been playing very good He's batting 231 Stanks and uh, those Philadelphia fans they will um, They'll let you hear it They'll also throw D cell batteries at the opposing Teams
0: snowballs at at Santa Claus Yes
1: so um, but I mean this is Year one of a 20,000 year Contract (laughs) that Bryce Harper's in Philadelphia So fair or foul Boo birds in Philly unjustified at this Point in his contract
2: uh, I'll say foul because Philly fans boo everything, <laughs> and he has been striking out a lot. So if they're if they want to boo him striking out a lot, then that's fine. I, I don't think I don't think booing is really ever unjustified. To be honest with you, Yep. I feel like if you're a fan, you have a right to react however you want to react, and you know other fans can judge you for doing so. But it, I mean, you can boo, you can cheer, you do whatever you want. You're the fan, and I mean Bryce Harper said after being booed, he went, "Yeah, I need to hit better." So they're allowed to boo me. It was a bad, bad game. So, yeah, I don't, I don't mind when fans boo. So no, it's not too early.
0: Oh, how quick my mind changes! I believe the last time we spoke of Bryce Harper, I was singing the man's praise. But you know what? He was playing well to start the year for sure. How pumped were Phillies fans to get Bryce Harper? Was he not the God Save, the man that's going to come and bring titles to Philadelphia? They thought this is our guy. Well did you look at his stats? Because what he's playing like right now is kind of what Bryce Harper really is. So I will say, fair, they are unjustified for booing him because this, my friends, is what you signed up for Oh, How about that This is what you get This is what you wanted So the only people you're booing Are yourselves
1: Three hits in his last 28 at-bats That's nine games Posted a batting average above 300 Just twice in his career
2: I think he has 22 K's in his last 29 at-bats Or something crazy too that's what you
0: signed up for.
1: Six homers on pace for 38 this season and he's striking out in 29% of his trips to the plate. Not good. On pace for 212 strikeouts, career high is 169. Good at baby. So Bryce Harper hasn't been uh, playing very good. Uh one guy that has been playing very good as I mentioned Cody Bellinger. Yeah, he good. On an absolute tear to start this season, but has he been so good? That fair foul, he set the record for most RBIs before May 1st in MLB history. Ooh. He set the record. Most ribbies? Most gonna, ribbies gonna before say, May 1st.
2: I'm going to say foul. Inflated I, stat. I seem to remember a year where Carlos Delgado had 100 RBIs at the All Star break. I'm going to go ahead <laughs> and say that. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that he has the record for most RBIs in April.
0: I totally forgot about Carlos Delgado. I mean, Mike brings up a very, very strong argument here. Do you remember that? He had 100 RBIs remember, in the All-Star I remember, break. and he finished with, like, 160. 165. One of, more, one of
1: the more underrated sluggers of all time, I feel like. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think he might have had a little help. Well, so did everybody at the time. Just, right? a, just a tad amount of help. Uh, <laughs> wow, Mike. I was going to go with fair... Uh, I'll just stick with fair, but man, that Carlos Delgado thing has got me spitting.
1: <laughs> you know, as much as I would love that Carlos Delgado thing to be true, I love me some Carlos Delgado. It is not. Cody Bellinger, 37 RBIs, good for the most before May 1st in MLB history. That's crazy. That, that's a lot. That is a lot. Um, now going from one player to one team, or two teams actually. That are playing very, very good baseball at this yes, point in this season. Yes, Trey Mancini's
0: batting 333. I saw that earlier. Anyway, continue.
1: The only bright uh, spot on that Orioles team. Uh, but, no, two teams that uh, are playing good. Well, they are playing good, but I throw the question mark in there is because they can they sustain it? Um, but right now, at this point in the season, fair or foul, the Twins and Rays both have... A above 60% chance to make the playoffs. Fair. The Rays and Twins. So fair. think about it. You still got the Indians, the fair. Red Sox, the Yankees. I'm not thinking about it anymore, He's coming out
0: of the West. Are you listening to me? I'm not thinking about it uh, anymore, Joe. Did you, is this pre or post Corey Kluber's broken arm? <laughs>
2: uh, I'm going to say fair because the Indians are not as good as we thought they were going to be. Easy. The AL Central is really bad after that. And... I mean, the Red Sox have now won a couple games in a row, but the Rays are 19 and 10, right? Or 19 and 11, something like that. So they're really
0: good to start. Rays are good. I'm going to say fair. I'm going to say foul. I believe in the Rays. I believe in the Rays a lot. I love this team. I think they're super fun to watch. And Chris Archer will always and forever represent the one of the worst trades maybe we've seen ever because Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows are so good and so fun to watch. And Chris Archer is not good anymore. That I think the Rays will make the playoffs. However, and this is not because I'm an Indians fan, it's because I have not seen enough from the twins to make me truly believe they're that good because the Indians have struggled and the twins are only what two games ahead of them and they're floating around 500 I I'd say foul because I don't believe the twins have a 60% chance to make the playoffs
1: well I will say to start this season the twins they had a, a um, I believe a, oh wow I got to do math real quick this isn't my forte uh, 37% chance They are now at a 65% chance. So the Rays, they have the better record, much better chances. They started out the season (laughs) with a 31% chance. Of making the playoffs, they're not seventy-nine percent chance. The to rays make the are seventy nine percent. Your
2: reaction to the to the twins was so priceless. I
1: hate the twins. Twins, sixty-five percent God. Don't worry, the twins are about to play the Yankees in a week, the and you know playoffs. what's gonna happen. Yeah,
0: so. yeah, right. I wanna see what the I want to see what the percentage of playoff chances is in a, two weeks from now. Yeah. By the way, Blazers win.
1: Yeah, Blazers, I was gonna say that. Yeah, uh, thank you for reminding me. It's 97-90 victory.
0: Those Damian game. Lillard,
1: fourteen points, five of seventeen shooting in you one by seven you gotta love that that game still get the W uh game three Friday I believe it is a 730 tip and then game four is on Sunday at six o'clock Believe tip. you are correct um and also just real quickly um uh, uh last fair foul here uh Steven Souza fair foul still dead
0: fair S- fair fair
1: still dead God poor guy actually foul alive very much. He actually had a press conference recently uh, Where he was uh, talking about his injury weird and it flex. Was, it was actually pretty sad So it gets pretty emotional talking about it, but yeah, no technically dead. No, no I mean.
0: he's alive I think Mike and I both lose he had a press conference that makes him alive. Yep. he was speaking to the media. He was speaking He is coherent. He's alive So there's your fair his foul. leg,
2: however dead <laughs>
0: All right, thank you, Joe. We do fair foul every single week at 8.30. Check that out. When we come back, we'll wrap this bad boy up. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan.
3: This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan.
0: Eight forty-seven. Thanks for joining us today. Blazers win. Gozers.
2: My tweet was this. 14 points from Lillard on 5 of 17 shooting and only one three made, and you win on the road? That'll do, pig. That'll do.
0: That'll do. Uh, I had somebody stop me the other day. They were like, do you see the new uh, Game of Thrones episode? Uh, By the way, if, you don't want to know. I've definitely turned this off right now. Spoiler heavy. In um, current. and and I said, yeah, yeah, I saw it. You know, what'd you think? And you know, I was like, uh, oh, you know, for for what it what it was, standalone episode. I thought the episode was pretty good. I got some issues, but for the most part, I thought the episode itself, as a single episode, was a pretty solid episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I heard your boy Mike Lynch on the radio just wasn't digging it at all. And I was like, really? Mike didn't like it. And then I thought, you know what? I bet you Mike thinks a lot of the same things I did. Spoiler alert. I we'll just have to keep saying spoiler alert. I loved the episode from a battle standpoint.
2: I personally didn't have a lot of issues with like having trouble seeing it. I know that was a big thing. It was dark, but I
0: do think it kind of added it. Added I, I to didn't it. I watch I thrown alone, usually is what I call it. I thrown alone. So I'm usually in bed. Blacked out windows, no lights. I watched it in the dark. I didn't have a problem with it.
2: I, I didn't have a problem either. It was dark when I watched it, um, so it wasn't like... I didn't watch the East Coast feed, so it wasn't 6 o'clock. I watched it at 9. Yeah. And
0: oh, I, I got drunk to like 10.30 and I, then watched it.
2: I didn't have any issues with that at all. No. I thought, the, I thought the battles were cool. I thought the the actual strategy that they used was horrific. Yeah, you know, let's just charge our best horse warriors into the darkness and see what happens. Yeah. Like that was stupid, but it was act- a
0: cool visual to see all the little <laughs> lights. That was flickering. why they did it. Yeah, it was, was cool. it was
2: cool. Um my problem with it was this. And the this. Dothraki are dead. My problem with it was this and the Unsullied too. Um because they were outside the trench for some <laughs> unknown reason.
3: <laughs>
2: um was was this? The main villain that has been the basis of the entire show. Spoiler alert. The Night King who finally is here to wage war on Westeros. Spoiler alert. On his first battle, well, maybe like third battle if you count the stuff above the wall. Right. But his first battle is killed by a girl, granted a very skilled assassin now, Mm -hmm. who by all accounts just walked in unseen and leaps out of the sky and stabs him. I'm, I'm... Totally fine that Arya did it. She, I think, was the right character to do it if anyone was going to do it. Agreed. And it matched the prophecy from Melisandre back in Season 3. They made the connectors. It was all cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why was the last thing we saw from her, her running out of that room, and the next time we saw her was her in the air with the dagger? Why didn't we see her struggle to go get the dagger? Because she didn't have it in the first place. She had to go get it.
0: Right. Um. How did she
2: know that's what she was supposed to do? By the way, Winterfell, well, because Melisandre said something to her. I think that was supposed to be the clue. Winterfell was rolling with White Walkers. How did she survive that? Uh, She has the ability to steal people's faces. Did she steal a dead person's face and go into the the godswood and then kill the, the Night King? I don't know because you don't see any of that. The only right. thing you see is her in the air at an ungodly height when all of the generals and dead people are surrounding the night king. Right. Like there was no way on earth that was possible and if she did the faceless man thing, awesome. That's badass. That's what she did to the phrase and it was one of the best scenes in season 7. Mm-hmm. I forget what season it was. Mm-hmm. It was one of the best scenes. Show us it.
0: Right. Why did it have to be like that? I think the biggest I think the biggest struggle with this is I don't think there's anything that happens after this that is that great. Well, I think like, a lot well, of like, people like, like the whole political stuff. Right? Well, I understand I like that, too. The whole show is built on it. But, like, there's this huge thing going on that takes us away from that and Cersei changing, their, changing her strategy and saying she's going to go up there and doesn't go up there. But then Jamie goes up there, so you're like, whoa, this is a big deal. This is a huge deal. We're going to stop everything we're doing right now to handle this. And now it's over. So what do we do now? What do we do now?
2: You go take on Cersei, right?
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, how enthralling is that? Like, is that really that exciting? And I I, I thought about this. I'm with you. Now, one thing that I love about Thrones is I love the politics. I don't love the, like, the weird, like, backstabbing necessarily or the he said she's the dramatic part of it, but I love the jockeying for position aspect of it. I'm very obsessed and, and enthralled with that. But you're going to tell me that we have three two-hour episodes of season two again? Right. I just feel like this thing was built up so high that I don't know how we get bigger than the Night King who, when everyone dies at the end of the battle, he just raises his arms and now his army's twice the size.
2: And he got killed.
0: And he's dead. Yeah. Unless he's not dead. He's dead. He exploded. I think this is a Ned Stark dream. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh boy, that would be the worst thing of all time.
0: Yep. Well, it's. I mean, like, how much better is this show going to get? And I love this show. And here, and a, I'm really worried that this show is well going to be rough. Here, here's my. I this, heard that when the cast got together and read the final episode, they cried. What are we crying about? Because Cersei died and John's the king. Like, why am I crying?
2: Well, I mean, there's still time for people to die, I suppose. But um, here's my here's my overarching thought on the show. And as someone who, who read the books, I, and I, I have not. I feel like I'm a. i la- am I can say this with some certainty. Since the show lost the source material, which was middle of season six, mm-hmm. the writing has gotten cheesy. the The uh, script has gotten straightforward and uh, and predictable, and the writers have gotten lazy. And it's not laziness out of like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. It's laziness out of a lack of creativity. Yeah, George R. R. Martin, say what you will, because he won't write the freaking sixth book, and it has been waiting for 15 years or whatever it is, ha- is so creative, and he's written a gajillion great series in his life. These writers were amazing. The creators were amazing. Benny Offenweiss were amazing at creating the world that he made and right. putting it on the screen. Yeah, They were so skilled at that. But since they lost the source material and all they had was what Martin told them was going to happen... They had to fill all the middle, and they started throwing in all these romantic scenes because it was TV,
0: right? Right. I mean, the
2: books are not that romantic.
0: Yeah, the romantic scenes really get to me. It's funny,
2: you were talking... Go ahead. They they did all these things. Like, that battle scene was the most straightforward thing that could have happened, right? Right. You have all these fan theories that that are theorizing about these amazing things that Bran is the Night King, and this and that, and this and that, and this and that. And what happened? There was a battle... And the Night King died. Yeah. And they've there's some dragons fought in the air, which was cool, and it was visually cool, and it was nice to see, but they're dead, and it's done. Right. And I feel like the fan theories are more creative than the creators of the show. Yeah, and, I think so, and too. And it's like that. that's what bothers me is it shows that it was Martin's work, which it should have been, that was amazing, mm-hmm. and that since we lost that, it has gone down a notch. It's still a good show, and that's... I don't want to come across as so negative because I thought the episode was cool and I like the show, but I I just don't want it to be so damn simple.
0: Yeah, and and real quick for for just my own connotation, I was cool with the way Seinfeld ended. I was cool with the way The Sopranos ended. I'm okay with the way shows ended. End. I don't I don't care. I just watch. Uh, Breaking Bad, best ending ever. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. I know I know different conversation, but uh, you mentioned this. I'm with you. I have no problem with Arya killing the Night King. It seems to fit, right? It seems to fit. But the way it's presented makes it look like, hey, you know how you guys love Arya so much? What if we ever kill the Night King? You know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem natural. Right. And that's what I'm kind of with you. Now, the only other thing I'll say is maybe they're not dead. I mean. How else are we going to do six hours of television? Dude, they exploded. I understand that, but all. Like they're all exploded. They're gone. All we got to do is get on a dragon and force Cersei out, and it's over. You got two dragons, too. Do we have two dragons?
2: I don't know if that other one's still alive. It's alive. It's hurt, but it's alive. Okay. It survived a freaking giant crossbow. But you're going to tell
0: me that for six more hours, we're stomping down to King's Landing. It's going to take six hours to solve this when it took an hour to kill the Night King? I don't buy it, man. There he, might be more he, in store. He exploded into shards of ice. I understand. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. More to brand, more to everything.
2: I would hope so, but then again, we're disappointed.
0: Anyway, beers on us tomorrow 4 o'clock. Download that, bad boy. We love you. We'll see you next week with some more. Go Blazers. Mike Lynch, Joe Fisher, Patrick Harris. Go do something I would do. I kill the Night King.